0: So this is probably the biggest one, if I'm a a Shopify or an Adobe or someone like that, this one would be on my radar because they basically talk about how platforms could be looked at as intermediary services, so hey, we just provide the e-commerce platform that allows them to sell these goods. But then they say, some also make rules and offer essential marketplace infrastructure, so what are their responsibilities and liabilities? And I think one example here is there are some platforms, um, I believe Shopify is one of them, that has said, hey, you're not allowed to sell firearms on our platform, but they allow other things. And what if one of those other things could be just as dangerous or cause as much harm as a firearm? Are they now liable because they made a decision on certain things aren't safe in their eyes, so they can't be sold on Shopify, but other things can?
1: All right, and welcome, everyone, back to Commerce Today. My name is Darren Newbold, and as always, Josh Warren is here with me to share all that's going on in the world of commerce that's happening right now, and by goodness gracious, this is almost a in-the-news-of-the-moment of the past week or so of information that we're going to talk about this time, and it's all about reviving trust in e-commerce, and it's the six actionable strategies from an unlikely source. So, Josh, who is this unlikely
0: source? So, nobody uh, believed it when I said I read minutes and trade uh, documents in my spare time, but uh, this is yes, actually he does. straight out it. of the United Nations. Um, the United Nations conference on Trade and development had a meeting um, that wrapped up yesterday actually on July 4th. So July 3rd and 4th they met and um, they were talking specifically about consumer confidence in e-commerce. and they released a report we're going to talk about with six actionable steps. but what what caught my attention is the press release in the article says, hey, here's these six great ideas we're just sharing with e-commerce merchants, sharing with e-commerce platforms, almost a very carrot approach. But then in the minutes of the meeting, you kind of see the stick as well, where they actually say they outline six areas they're going to be pushing for regulatory action in, and they happen
1: to be the same six areas. How convenient. And the, the whole idea around this, for you, uh, for you listening, these are things that, as an e-commerce director, you need to know about because it's coming down. And especially as e-commerce breaks barriers, Across everywhere and and definitely international. This is where a lot of this uh, really comes into play. So, all right, let's uh, let's take on our first one that we have here is clear information. So, tell me, Josh, what are they? What are they kind of getting at with this clear information piece? Yeah, so they talk about the basics as far as
0: good product data, good product descriptions. But the other thing that they kind of buried in here is. Um, reviews and ratings and the scourge of um, false reviews and of merchants deleting all the negative reviews, maybe paying off people to leave positive reviews, um, that sort of thing.
1: Well, and they uh, they also talk about, one of the interesting things is, is they do talk about uh, digital influencers and how that plays out. And they even call out uh, the United States, as well as Colombia, Peru, and Poland, that at least those Four countries have issued guidelines on how how these digital influencers are to make appropriate and clear disclosures to consumers.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's been a, a challenge in a lot of countries. I know, especially in the U.S., there were for till they made these rules, um, a lot of people out there promoting products on streams, especially without saying, "Hey, I, I was paid to say this. I was paid to say that this product is going to solve all of your problems." Um, and, yeah, I thought that was an interesting grouping of nations. It's not often that you see Colombia, Peru, Poland, and the United States are the four leading the way. So.
1: Yes, rarely going to put those in a sentence uh, other than here. Well, let's go on to the next one, which this one's a little, as you were, and I were talking before before the show – this is a little scary, and it's talking about safe products, and I think, I think we, we in the United States tend to, because of the regu- regulations have been there, and I don't know, it's just not something that we overtly think about. Yes, we have unsafe products. Many times, it's children's products, which are scary, and we want to fix, and, and that, but typically, it's handled quickly. So, what's the area that the, uh, that the UN, and, and what's their proposal?
0: Yeah, so they actually found, um, they did a sweep uh, you know, across 21 different countries and found basically products that were recalled and prohibited from sales in other countries were still being sold online in those. So, you know, you might have something where there's a product that is deemed unsafe and recalled in the United States and all of a sudden it's appearing on uh, e-commerce marketplaces in South America and things like that. So definitely some bad actors there. Mm-hmm. Um And it is interesting when you think about it, like we take it for granted that if I go into a store and buy something, I assume it's not going to catch on fire. I assume it's not going to have basic safety issues, Um, but especially with um, platforms like um, AliExpress that make it so easy that anybody in the U.S. can go order something direct from China. From anywhere, yeah. From anywhere, yeah. May or may not have the same safety regulations um, as they have here, or may even be a product that has been deemed unsafe in China, but isn't on the radar of U.S. regulators yet. That's crazy.
1: That It, it is kind of crazy. Um, and it's one of those where, like I say, you just don't think about it. And you and I were talking about, you know, whether or not we, how we choose to buy products, e-commerce, and if we know we are going to buy something from from an international place, changes changes the buyer's decision, it may, changes my decision criteria and how I look at it.
0: And another thing on, on the safe products, kind of an interesting thing here, is they actually call out that they want to see e-commerce platforms, not just marketplaces, but actual platforms doing things to, um, they say promote, not enforce. But I think it's going to be enforce product safety through collaboration with national authorities. So that starts making me wonder, like, are they expecting Shopify to take a feed of banned products in the United States and make sure no Shopify site is selling those? Like, what is this going to look like? So,
1: Well, and will it be that easy? Yeah. Because I can't imagine day one it would be that easy. It's, you know, are, do they take the time and effort to go upload or download the CSV file that then they have to put into their site to see if they're selling anything that's uh, that's been blacklisted or whatever?
0: Yeah, and this is where I wonder, like, they seem to be pushing towards wanting wanting to be required and wanting the platform to do it instead of just the merchant. And that's where you see this in a lot of industries and a lot of the, the tension between capitalism and regulation of, I think they're looking for the e-commerce industry to police itself, but they're also saying, hey, if you don't, we'll do it. And so I think it's really important that merchants and platforms are having these conversations about how they ensure all the products that they're selling are safe. Um, because if they don't,
1: then the government will. Yeah, and it's that is a tough one because who who makes that decision? I feel at times we've almost gone over the top in you know creating safety situations where if if you operate as a human being on the planet and you ought to know not to shove something into a socket or whatever and and all those things and yet there's the rela- regulations that help prevent just those very things from happening.
0: It's always the interesting thing when you and I are traveling in Europe. I know we've joked and talked about how all the places that you go here where there would be guardrails and warning signs and there, it's like, you want to step off that cliff? Well, that's your problem. It's your (laughs) problem.
1: Well, mm. and, and there is the litigious nature that it does happen here in the U.S. Oh, at and times. we're going to get to that in uh, a couple of points. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll hold off on that one, folks. So, so mm. the next up is, is simple data protection. So, making sure that, hey, what are they going to do once I put in my name, address, city, state, zip, and, more importantly, my credit card information, what happens to that? Does it get sold to the highest bidder? How does that work? Yeah, exactly, and... um
0: it's interesting because they they talk a bit about algorithms and personalization and they really target social media platforms here. And I think that's what they're really going towards is, hey, are these e-commerce merchants then either selling or sometimes without realizing it, sharing this data with the social media platform and how hmm. are they then using it? Um, and then they also called out that... Uh, a recent survey where 72% of people are worried that if their data is fed into an artificial intelligence algorithm and something goes wrong, no one is responsible and that there there will be these problems that will remain unaddressed. So I think this area is evolving due to concerns around AI. So
1: what would that help me understand that? I read that and I'm when when they say went wrong, what does that mean that They put in my name or whatever, and suddenly I'm on, well, let's use the no-fly list or whatever, and suddenly I show up on the no-fly list. Uh, Is it that kind of situation that they're talking about, Josh? I don't think
0: so. I think the first example I think of with this is a few years ago, people started catching on, actually, this is a few years ago before COVID, so six years ago, people started noticing that there were some places, airlines were doing this, but even at one point, I think it was Walmart, there was a major retailer in the U.S. doing this where- an algorithm would basically predict the price you were willing to pay. And so two different people could go to the same product or the same flight and get two very different prices. Wow! Now, what if that's based on inaccurate data? What if that's based on an assumption about how much money you do or don't have? Um, or kind of the the concern with some of this AI work, what if the AI doesn't realize this, but what if it's based on the color of your skin? Because oh the algorithm has some bias built into it.
1: Yeah, that's all right. Bad pizza there. That is, uh, that's not good. And it is one of the reasons why when I've ever asked how much uh, income I make, I'm always at the poverty line, uh, <laughs> no matter how it plays out. So, wow, interesting. All right. Well, next up, the fourth one on this, uh, on this list is, all right, you took the risk, you pulled the trigger, you bought the, the bag, the shirt, the widget, whatever it is, shows up, not what you want, doesn't work, broke whatever, I got a dispute. Now what do I do?
0: Yep. So uh, dispute resolution and returns. Um, and something interesting they they call out in this report is that um, cross-border e-commerce just absolutely has to have some sort of effective online dispute resolution, that that is just required. And I don't think we're there yet. Um, I think I've heard so many people might say, oh, PayPal or some of these other payment services, but I've heard so many horror stories on both the customer side and the merchant side of those disputes going wrong. So I don't think there's necessarily a trusted third-party dispute resolution approach. Um, and we were talking before the the show about how, you know, if I buy something on eBay, no, I'm not going to sue the seller. But I kind of always have it in the back of my mind: I can return it, I can do a chargeback, I can do a lawsuit. There's all these things I could do. Well, if they're in another country, if I'm buying something from Indonesia, what am I going to do? You're stuck. Yeah. And so I do think that is slowing down cross-border e-commerce. I think that they, they want to find a way. I mean, this group, really what it comes down to, this group at the UN wants to increase commerce between countries. They want all the countries selling more and selling more to each other. And I think they've realized that in order to do that, we have to have better...
1: Dispute resolution for these online transactions. So, Josh, as we're thinking about different things, maybe, uh, maybe being that third-party arbitrage in between to settle these, you could collect a fee from both sides. There's a business idea here.
0: There's yet another business idea. No, I'm not starting another business. I've got my hands full, but somebody can have that one for free. And I do think, I mean, there are some services. There's the um, like almost brokerage type services where you the seller ships the item. Um, to a third party, the third party evaluates it, gets the funds, like does all that. I think what the UN is looking for here is something a little bit more streamlined than that, where you're still just shipping it straight to the customer, um, but if something goes wrong, there is this trusted third party that steps in for the dispute.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely something to to try to solve, and it's a big one, and it's not going to be easy. So, all right, another fifth on our list: clearly defined platform liabilities. So help me understand what they're what they're looking at when they say define platform liabilities. Yeah. So this is probably the biggest one. If I'm a, a
0: Shopify or an Adobe or someone like that, this one would be on my radar because they basically talk about how platforms could be looked at as intermediary services. So hey, we just provide the e-commerce platform that allows them to sell these goods. But then they say, some also make rules and offer essential marketplace infrastructure, so what are their responsibilities and liabilities? And I think one example here is there are some platforms, um, I believe Shopify is one of them, that has said, hey, you're not allowed to sell firearms on our platform. They've made that decision, just not allowed. But they allow other things, and what if one of those other things could be just as dangerous or cause as much harm as a firearm well, are they now liable because they made a decision on certain things aren't safe in their eyes, so they can't be sold on Shopify, but other things can? And I think the UN is um, really looking for, they call it considering different levels of e-commerce platform involvement and obligations in protecting consumers.
1: Well, and that and that goes cross-border as well, because what what might be verboten in the United States might be no big deal somewhere else and vice versa. Yeah. And you just don't know. So I, it does become one of those challenges of, you know, I'm starting to feel like who watches the watchers here a little bit. I mean, it's like, you know, how do you, how do you manage all of this? Well, all right. Last but not least, on our fun list of uh, of six items, strong law enforcement. So now we're now we are getting to the watchers and watching the watchers. So we've got everything from confirm shaming to uh, oh, what were we talking about? Dark uh, dark patterns. Dark patterns. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, let's dig into a little bit of that, Josh.
0: Yeah. So uh, for those that aren't familiar, dark patterns. Um, they could also just be called um, Dark design patterns. These are these tricks that people have figured out in the the user design, user experience process to basically trick you into agreeing to something that you might not have otherwise agreed to. And the example that I always think of is, you know, it's almost like the old infomercials where it's, hey, you know, buy this for just ten dollars, and then in the fine print, it's saying, and now you're going to get one every month for hundred right. um, dollars. And there's some sites where you know you don't see it, but at the very bottom of checkout, there's a little checkbox that is like white text on a white background that says, by checking this box or leaving this box checked, I am agreeing to this. Um, and then confirm shaming, they're talking about basically the 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 pop-up after pop-up of saying, Are you you really don't want to save money? Like, don't you want to save money? You really want to save money here, don't you? And and they're just trying to trick you and it's interesting they group they group these dark patterns under strong law enforcement, basically, not really even implying, but just stating that law enforcement ought to get involved whenever merchants participate in these dark patterns.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, how do you how do you police this? Mm-hmm. Wow, it, in a way, it's still the wild wild west in some pieces of it. Um, we think it's been tamed, but there's a lot of untamed area here, and and some places where things can go can go awry and and I know many of us have fallen victim to one or another of these that I never heard of the confirm shaming until you were describing it here and I'm like okay yeah I got guilted into you know adding that oh hey for only only 10 more dollars you can get all of this what seemingly things think you feel like is a bunch of stuff and you know I don't know it's interesting interesting what you kind of Overall, gut on all of this, Josh. I think the most surprising
0: part is the push towards e-commerce platforms to regulate things merchants are doing, and I think that will that'll look different depending on your platform. You know, I'm a big fan of owning your platform and open source and that sort of thing, and I think that'll give you a little bit more uh, freedom from some of these things. Um, hmm. I think overall, though, especially the merchants that we work with, um, if you're doing the right thing you're nailing all these six already, but there's always a little bit more you could do. Like you could always provide a little bit better information, um, maybe highlight what you do to keep your product safe. Like, I think this is still a good checklist to kind of make sure, are we meeting all these? But I think for the most part, it's the platform side where this is gonna get real interesting in the next year or two. Why do you think it is that that they're pushing for the platforms to do this? I think it reminds me of the way the IRS years ago now um, went to the payment processors and said, hey, anybody that's doing this level of volume, you have to issue a 1099 to them as well. There are so many small e-commerce merchants, and especially when you look globally. I mean, there are just so many of them that trying to police each one, there's so many of them flying under the radar. Right. Whereas if you go to the platform, you go to Shopify, all of a sudden, here's 100,000 sites that are going to be hit with these regulations all at
1: once. So. so you can make a bigger impact in one one fell swoop. And in a way, let's let's find the positive here and reframe this in a positive way. For the platform's sake, it gives them a reason for someone to come to them because, hey, we follow the quote-unquote international laws of good e-commerce uh, or the international guidelines for good e-commerce uh, kind of thing. So... All right. Well, um, wrapping this up, one thing that uh, a merchant needs to know after all of this. One. It's a good question. Um,
0: <laughs> I think looking at the data protection portion, and we'll link to this in the show notes. But they talk about some really interesting things and some concerns about sharing data with social media platforms. And I think that that is something that, especially if you're advertising or even just using widgets from some of those social media platforms you may be sharing more of your customers' data than you realize.
1: Wow, yeah. And immediately, yeah, the social media knows that it's been bought, where all this, the, yeah, there's a lot of data. Goodness, well, this has been quite illuminating, Josh, for both me and I hope for you, the listener. This has been a fantastic uh, opportunity to hear something uh, new and just kind of right coming out. So with that, as always, we, uh, we appreciate you being here. Love having you on board. And until next time... That's it for Commerce Today.